Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. making the same mistakes at the back once more as they're beaten by high-flying Wigan. Now the focus turns to whether we continue to make the same mistakes we did last summer again. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening everybody and welcome to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are well. My name is uh, Louis Mendez. On this week's show we shall be looking back at yesterday's 2-1 defeat uh, up at High Flying. We're going to have the lead early on but uh, gave away a penalty and then set pieces the undoing of us uh, once more. So joining me to have that conversation, first up the first lady of Charlton Live, Miss Sue Gallup. How you doing Sue? Oh good Louis, thank you. Yeah, d- Looking forward to chatting about another defeat. They, they seem to just keep coming and coming at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, fortunately, I wasn't there. I was at um, I was at Hastings United yesterday, waiting mm. to sit in Bourne, so that's why I've got a bit of a croaky voice. Yeah, there weren't many of us uh, up there, unfortunately, up at, up at the DW Stadium. To be fair to us, I mean, I, I thought I thought we played okay. But uh, anyway, also joining us to have that conversation uh, is Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nath? 
Sue. Yeah, I'm right, mate. Yeah, living the dream, mate. Listen, it's all about next season. Let's get on a beach, have a couple of tequilas, and then we'll we'll, yeah. we'll smash the league out of the water next year. Yeah, that's, that should be our club motto, motto, isn't it? It's all about next season. All about next season. Let's get on the beach now. Tequila. I mean, they, they should start serving like free tequila in in the kiosk, shouldn't they? Just to keep us just keep our spirits up. So uh, uh, on today's show, then as I said, we will look back at that game at Wigan. We'll hear the highlights. Uh, from Charlton TV shortly. We've also got the, the thoughts of the uh, the manager, Johnny Jackson, uh, after the game. We, and we've also got a disgusting point. We've got some fans by coming up as well. Uh, managed to uh, speak to a couple of Charlton fans at Wigan Station uh, yesterday. But also, the, the conversation feels like it's turned a little bit this week. Obviously, looking ahead to the next season, you know, I think every now and then we give up on the playoffs and then we get one or two wins. They go, oh, I don't know, maybe if we string another couple together. But now now it's over, okay, official, unless we win the next two. Um, and uh, so people start to talk about next season. There's some interesting quotes from Jacko during the week and uh, a lot of Charlton legends have had their say on that, including Paul Mortimer, uh, who spoke to Phil Parry on BBC Radio London yesterday. So we'll hear, hear that as well, hear his views uh, on the current situation. A few of you have sent your messages in as well. So we, we have got loads to talk about. So, um, you know, I, I said it feels like the defeats are piling up again. It's two, it's two in a row this week. Um, it's annoying because both of those defeats at Bolton and Wigan I think we played probably well enough to have come away with a point you know and then we just make silly sloppy mistakes and that's sort of been our undoing over the the, the last few weeks you know we got away with it a bit against Wimbledon where we conceded from set pieces twice but managed to score Um, but it it sort of caught up with us and it has brought to an end what was a nice little resurgence you know that that draw at Cheltenham followed by a few wins in a row including that excellent performance against Portsmouth you know all of a sudden silly errors have just cost us that a, a little bit there yeah I think I think possibly the consistency of the the starting lineup is is an issue I mean uh, the amount of changes yesterday obviously forced because of injury and and Covid I understand Frazier had had Covid so I think you you're always going to struggle if you're not gonna if you've not got that sort of starting lineup that's probably pretty concrete that then like there's people coming in and out of it um I mean have it um, I, this is nothing against Daniel Cano um because I haven't seen him play but I'm reading really good things about him but to have a 17 year old on the bench um I think is it's a little bit worrying for me just just in terms of like you're then throwing young young players into a bit of a um a fire in in terms of the fans demanding results um and we know how how the fans are kind of starting to turn a little bit more recently um but yeah i think just having that consistent starting lineup is is really sort of affecting mm. the performances and particularly i, I know jack i was really disappointed is is conceding from set plays again and mm. they must work on that on the training ground. So it must be really frustrating for him. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think that, that that starting line-up, the inconsistencies around that is probably the main issue. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Nathan, we knew we were going into that game yesterday. We found out when when the, when the team news came out, uh, no Connor Washington, no Chucks and Nikkei, Fraser out with uh, COVID, as Sue mentioned. You know, I put us on the back foot, but actually, I think in terms of a performance, we were in the game. You know, it was it was tight. You know, Wigan looked reasonably dangerous, but without creating a great deal of chances, we 
you know, I think the penalty was a, a poor decision from Sean Clare to try and make a challenge in there, a poor decision from Adam Matthews not to make the challenge outside the area. Uh, and then a set piece, we've just got beaten by a, a, you know, <laughs> our own game, the ball to the far post and headed back across. I mean, it, it is kind of fine margins now. I mean, I, there is a massive difference between what's happening at the moment where we are genuinely losing by fine margins and there were you know, sort of games under Nigel Atkins where even though the scoreline might have looked tight, we were never in those games. And I, I feel like there is a big difference in it, and that's probably what's making it so frustrating, like the, the two defeats this week. Yeah, of course it is. And I think you mentioned there the fine margins. And that's what football's all about is obviously you you take your chances and, you know, not every no team in the world is, is perfect and you're going to give away goals. But at the moment, we're giving away sloppy goals time after time. Um, you can set plays, as you mentioned, for their goal yesterday. Um, for their, you, you can you can practice on the training pitch until the cows come home. Set plays, set plays, all going swimmingly. But on the day, it's that decision making. You know, do do you lose your man or does someone get blocked off? And that's beyond, you know, Jacko's control. Um, but yeah, as you say, because uh, we, we're making the same mistakes over and over, that's when it's becoming frustrating to obviously everyone, and rightly so. And obviously Jacko and the coaching staff as well. No one goes out and wants to lose a game or lose by a set piece or concede any set pieces. But like you say, it's the fine margins and in contrast of previous seasons in, in, in League One when we went up before is the main difference is, is that we had some lapses now and again, but we were more often than not, we we were, con- we had concentration. We didn't give away sloppy goals. And even like, you know, look at Atkins' uh, mistake the other day, which it does happen, but it's happening too often. Um, and if you're going to give away silly goals and give people... Uh, opportunities to score, especially with good squads like Wigan, then you're going to lose more games than you win. And that's what we found, um, obviously, this season. All right, well, let's have a listen then to the highlights uh, of the game yesterday over uh, at the DW Stadium on Charlton TV, where, as always, Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. It'll touch into the path of Gilby. Gilby, corner of the penalty area, goes back out to Matthews. Crossing opportunity, gets the ball in the box. A good one! Oh, it's a goal! Elliot Lee has opened the scoring for the Addicts! A sublime move! Matthews cross picks out Lee unmarked in the six-yard box and he buries Charlton's goal. That's well, a really well-worked goal tell. It's a lovely ball initially out by Mason Burst on halfway line. He was allowed to turn. It comes to Matthews and a little ball down the line finding Gilby. He worked himself into a bit of space. Him being there allowed the space to open up for Matthews. It's a wonderful cross. And Elliot Lee returning to the starting team. Getting on the score sheet. We're going to be frustrated with their defending they're allowed to cross to come in allowed Lee to have a completely free header but from a Charlton point of view it's a really well worked goal turns one way then back the other that's great work from Lee Cohen is a chip ball through to Elliot Lee Lee edge of the penalty area in support is Jaisimi out on the left hand side he's got space Jaisimi ball into the box oh and Gilby can't get Lee again blocked away by Burstow Gilby with a shot off the crossbar and he's offside Lee Cohen he goes for the header and Gilby with his head in his hands, Burstow couldn't get out of the way of the shot that came in. And then the second shot from Gilby, Cannon's off the crossbar. Well, there's groans from the Wigan fans because Chona started so well. The ball user, McGuinness will be offside if he runs for this, but he isn't. And uh, instead, Lang does towards the touchline. Matthews does really well in the first place, but then he's allowed to go past. Oh, no. A penalty this time. And it's Claire who's the judge to have taken out. Lang, 
and I think that one was always going to be given. I think that's soft, personally, but we'll see it again. I think that was given because the referee knows he should have given the first one. Well, if it's soft or not, it's, it's still really poor defending. Oh, yeah, Jones in the By the corner flag, it's been sent inwards by Matthews, who kind of just lets him brush past him. It's a half attempt to try and get the ball. Then Lankinson, apparently, Claire sticks a leg out and goes down. Claire doesn't get the ball, and when you don't get the ball, if you get any sort of contact on the player, the referee's always going to give it. Well, he was always going to give it, but bearing in mind what happened a couple of minutes ago, that's the point. But you're right, slightly Matthews, behind and it, Matthews and Perrington both allowed Lang to get there, and now it's Keane with the penalty for Wigan. Straight into the goal, right into the middle, in the top, and we're going to back level. More out to Naylor. And there is the half-time whistle. After 45 minutes, it's Wigan 1, Charlton Cut out by Jayasimi. Jayasimi will have it again for Charlton on his left-hand side. Cuts inside onto his right foot. Uses Lee behind him. Perrington makes a run inside and a spotted. Good run from Perrington. Perrington across goal and cleared away. Naylor and win it back. McLean will bring it forward down the Charlton right. Takes a shot. To, well, chip ball back across to Lang. In fact, over the bar and across the goal. The referee is being asked a question because McGuinness was in there, got levered out of the way. I think it might have been by Clout. Maybe it was even Innes. I'd like to see that again. It was Innes, in fact. And uh, Wigan again asking the question to the referee. And there was almost no attempt to play the ball, so it's a risky one. It's one of those, if you're a defender, could be a defender. If you're a striker, that's an obvious penalty. We'll <laughs> let the guys in the studio decide what that was. My first thought was it was a penalty. I think he gets in the back of McGuinness. That's the key thing. Doesn't play the ball, but it's, it's not. A, I don't think it's a shoulder barge either. I think he gets in the back of McGuinness. It would have been an, a tapping. That's the first. I was just saying to you, tell. There's been no real chance in the second half. It's been flat. It's the first bit of movement we can have really created the second half. We can have this corner on the jump right hand side. Swung in. Far side of the six-yard box. McGuinness thought about coming. Across, and I think that's Humphreys with the finish. Yeah, they just isolated Perrington at the far post. There goes Watmore, they've got the header back in. It's a similar routine to what Cholton do from attacking set pieces where they get their best header of the ball, isolate them at the far post. There's Watmore, the header back across, and then Humphreys reacts quickest in the six yard box. Gilvery was tempted because of the height of the ball. Started to come, didn't he? But it went further out than I think he was anticipating. Perrington didn't jump. Walmore got it back across, and Humphreys was there on hand, the substitute, to give Wigan the lead. Again, it's just defending set pieces to help for Charlton. She's been a downfall over the last few weeks. Guinness gets something on it. Uh, there is the final whistle. Charlton falling to the successive defeats up in Lancashire. There we go, thanks to the boys for the uh, the, the commentary as always yesterday. Um, yeah, just to say, I mean, try and focus on some of the positives from yesterday as well. I mean, we spoke before the highlights there, Sue, about, about the negatives of the goals that were given away. Um, I, I thought we started really brightly. The goal we scored was a very good goal. And, it, and if that shot from Alex Gilby that hits the crossbar, if that's an inch lower and, and rattles in into the back of the net... And that could have been. I mean, that really would have given us something to hold on to. Yeah, I, I was. I was sort of following the game on Twitter, um, and um, it 
reading that it was it sounded like we had actual control of the game um up until they they scored um their goal but yeah reading I'm I'm so chuffed for Elliot scoring because he's had a lot of criticism later lately. Um, Alex, we know he's very dangerous um, in those sorts of positions. So he just needs to add more goals to his game, there, doesn't he, Alex Gilby? I think. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, f- for the performances that he puts in, he should have a higher goal tally. But um, he'd be one of the first names on my team sheet every week. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 looking at how we sort of push on and get uh, get confidence from like when you when you do have that shot against the bar like try again try again like we saw with um a few weeks ago in one of the games where um I can't remember who it was that had made a mistake I think it was Albie Morgan and then he scores a screamer yeah, so 30 seconds later against Fleetwood yeah. yeah so it's it's again it's just trying trying to keep that momentum up in a game when not letting your heads drop but as as you say like the performance itself warranted at least a point um but then uh, most fans are just going to look at the result and say we weren't very good they're not going to look at like the fine details of the game that that the fans that were there would have seen. Mm, yeah, Nathan. I mean, I, it, obviously, it does come down to to fine details, as as we said yesterday. But they are details that we keep kicking ourselves, like, shooting ourselves in the foot with. Like, uh, I mean, the the penalty. Yeah, Adam Matthews has every chance to just deal with that before it goes anywhere near the penalty box. And then I don't know when Sean Clare when the when the man's going past him. He, I don't know if he even. You know, I guess he's in a situation where he feels like he has to make the challenge, but it just looked like a bit of a he had no chance of winning the ball in that position as well. Yeah, and it could have been it could have been. A, and this is what I said earlier about decision making. It's if you've got that, um, and in fairness, you know, I know, I know Sean's playing out of position, but that we can't excuse that because he's been brilliant this year and he's up there to, in my opinion, to win. You know, very, in my opinion, run George Dobson close to player of the year, but. Yeah, it's like you say, they're just silly, silly fouls, and I think I think Sean Clare gave the the free kick away uh, in the week against Bolton, if I remember rightly. I could be wrong, but and it's it's moments like that that they're the goals that are going that they're going to hurt you, um, and it, obviously when it leads to a goal, if I mean if Bolton, if that didn't lead to a goal in the week when it was a free kick, well, you wouldn't think anything of it, but it did. And we keep doing the same thing, and we're just our own, we're our own, our own worst enemies at the moment. Yeah, and he did it right on the stroke of half time as well yesterday. He gave away a free kick on the halfway line; they didn't need to, and all of a sudden Wigan had a chance to pump it long. Well, exactly, and and, and listen, it, people are going to give fouls away, but it's it's game management and knowing where to, you know, you, where you do your decisions is, is you know where you're going to try and make that tactical foul, or are you going to put yourself under pressure, um, which we did, and and obviously the, the set play. That we considered, you know, obviously their goal was wasn't good enough, and and I just think it's the repetitive nature, and I think that's probably what's so frustrating with for Jacko and and the staff is that it just keeps happening. And in the week, it's not like they're at training and then don't bother doing set pieces because I I put put my any any money whatsoever that they'll be they'll be doing it and they'll be performing well in the set pieces in training. You know, coming against the, they'll probably put Innes in there as well, maybe to try and. Test them defensively just to see how it, how they how they get on. But again, it's just on the day when they cross that white line, they've got to carry that forward. And the, you know, unfortunately for us at the moment, the inconsistencies which we've touched on already, it, we're just not doing it enough. 
in terms of defending our box as well. Mm, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Innes actually because I've been saying for weeks now that no side has found a way to stop Innes from a set piece, but it sounded like Wigan did yesterday when they um, committed a foul. I mean, I only, I only saw it out the corner of my eye, so I didn't have a clear view, but everyone else who, see, who saw it at the time and saw it back was saying that the geezers had a, a real grasp of, of uh, Ryan Innes's shirt though, so perhaps we, we've been unlucky with the penalty, but at the other end I'd say... Ben Perrington, if it was inside the area, there's been some debate whether it was the challenge he made. On, I think it was on Josh McGuinness, actually, who I thought had a pretty quiet game yesterday. Um, it could, could well have been a, a foul, if not a penalty as well. So perhaps we got the rub of the green at some point. There was one from Innes in the second half as well that I, I would have been tempted to give a penalty if I was uh, the referee. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Sue, obviously with the 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 lack of uh, of our striking options being available at the moment. I mean, it was... It was uh, a makeshift front line, sort of. I think Jonathan Leeko can play as a striker, although I, I, I prefer him out wide. Um, and uh, I don't think he offered a great deal yesterday. But, you know, it's, it's hard for, for young Mason. You know, when, when, when you're Mason Burstow or Daniel Carnew, and this is going to happen to him as well, you come when you come through a Charlton Academy and therefore the fans are aware of you because they hear your name and you're scoring you know, loads of goals all the time because it's academy football, you, 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 you get this really strange sort of double whammy where you come into the the, the rigours of um, senior football which is much different to, to youth football like the the physicality is a lot harder it's a lot harder to, to sort of make your mark so you, you've got to deal with that first of all but you're also coming in with the levels of massive expectation because Charlton fans have heard about you and hear, hear you score a lot of goals so it's like a double whammy for those lads and I think Mason it sounds like he might have copped a little bit of stick yesterday uh, I mean, he played a superb ball in, in, in the move for the goal. He struggled to make his mark, as has been the, the, the way in the, the entire time he's been in the team. You know, I've said it almost every week. He's, he's an 18-year-old coming into senior football. It is hard to play your way into games like that. The, the thing that differentiates him from someone like Carlin Grant, who had exactly the same start to his Charlton career, is actually he's popped up with a few goals so far, but not, not all his own way yesterday. Yeah, I think... I think obviously there's there's a lot of pressure on 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 Mace now. Um, I I um I don't think he deserves the stick he's been getting. Um, not not only just for the move, but also the the way he's been playing. Like you say, he's eighteen years old. We've we only had him with us sort of eighteen months or so after getting him from Maidstone. So it's I I feel I feel for these lads in in the you want them to be bought in gradually and I talked about it the last time I was on you don't want to wreck their confidence and yeah someone like Daniel who scored was he scored like 32 goals or something um so far this season in youth football like you say going into the men's game is very very different and potentially putting him into a situation where I mean Jacko wouldn't put him in unless he thought he was ready but again you could you could ruin someone's confidence by chucking them into that they don't perform as you expect because they're not used to that level of intensity and physicality and then they you end up with a joe piggott so it's 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 a difficult one isn't it we are we are a bit thin on the ground like you say with with the the attacking options because of the injuries but it's. I, I think people need to sort of understand these two boys are boys. They're not men, and and they need they need to learn from their mistakes and um and grow from them rather than being criticised. Because at the end of the day, they've been put in that position. I know 
do you know what I mean? It's it's they it's not their decision to then be put into the first team. So they're just doing the best they can with with what they've been advised to do. So it's yeah, I think it could be quite a scary um situation as much as they want it. Going into it is a very different thing, especially somewhere like Wigan, who like it's a big club, isn't it? So mm. Yeah, it's a big uh, sort of physical front line they had as well. Uh, look, um, like I say, I felt I felt we kept Josh McGuinness quiet. To be fair, for for most of the game, uh, well, Callum Lang was dangerous uh, in spells, and, and McLean was getting out wired. But o- overall, I, I felt we kept them at arm's length, which which is in a way encouraging, I guess. I, I mean, I mentioned briefly earlier, but Elliot Lee got the goal, Nathan, uh, a, a player who hasn't hit the heights over the last few weeks. I'd say ever since about the Burton game, to be honest, uh, away from home. Uh, but, you know, out the side and then came back in. It scored the goal, did well. Midfielders getting into the box, which we haven't seen enough of, or certainly midfielders taking their chances, at least, uh, this season. Um, and uh, involved in one or two of the better moments going forward. Not that there were too many of those in the second half, which was obviously disappointing. Yeah, I think, obviously, when Elliot came in, um, it was a good signing. He's a good player at this level. Uh, I thought he started well. And then I thought teams sort of sussed us out a little bit personally and um, he, he struggled to get into games he struggled to make impact in games um, and obviously he found himself out when obviously we had that little bit of a resurgence from Albi so yeah I was, I was delighted for him yesterday to to, to score because we know he's a good player at this level we just need to get him on the ball and there's been previous games where we've been going too direct and more or less bypassing so the, the game was just passing him by so yeah it was, it was nice to see him pop up yesterday I mean when I did see the team sheet yesterday I did wonder where the goals were going to come from um, I mean you already touched on Leko. he's not a centre forward for me he doesn't play with his back to goal he's much better out wide like again what you said and obviously Mason he's still he's still growing he's still maturing and so I just didn't think we had any physicality at all like we did in my opinion against uh, Bolton as well I just think we just we just lacked anything really um, so yeah, delighted, delighted he scored yesterday because on his day we, we know how much of a good player he is if he gets the ball to his feet. Um, but yeah, I didn't anticipate him scoring header. I must admit that. But yeah, delighted for him. Um, but yeah, he's, he's hopefully he can have a good end, end to the season and and who knows what the summer holds for him? Because obviously I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's out of contract with Luton in the summer, but he's definitely a good player at this level. Lovely stuff. Right, well, let's hear what the Addicts boss Johnny Jackson made of yesterday's performance. He came to speak to me uh, after the game at the DW Stadium. Yeah, narrow defeat. Uh, close game. I thought that we was well in it. Uh, I thought for long periods we was the better side. You know, they had, they had their moments too, but it was a really tight game. And uh, obviously, again, been decided by a set play, which is, is obviously disappointing because, uh, you know, for teams carving out chance after chance and cutting through you and um, stretching you that way you know what I mean carving you open then you'd be you'd you'd take the defeat a little bit sort of easier I guess but when it's that tight and uh, close matches are being decided by little little moments in in our penalty box like that it's obviously hard to take It felt very similar to the game on on Tuesday where you're restricting your opponents to to a few chances but one slips cost you and that, that must be Getting quite frustrating now. Yeah, it's really frustrating. It felt, it did feel similar. I thought we, I thought we played better today than, than we did choosing. We created more chances. Obviously, scored a brilliant goal. Um, hit the bar there in, in the first half and had other opportunities to get to get shots off. And uh, 
probably should have had a penalty from from from, from my money as well. So we're we're doing a lot of the right things. We're doing a lot of the right things, but you know we're obviously making silly basic errors uh, from them set piece situations, which is obviously something we spoke about a lot uh, since the Wimbledon game and then since the Bolton game. But it's happening, and you know players have to. You know, you're given a role and a job to do in those situations. You have to carry it out, and uh, you know it comes down to, to personal responsibility to, to keep the ball out of your net. And you're right; it could have been very different. Because you started so brightly, had that goal, and Alex Gilby came so close to making it too. And if that goes in, it could be a different game with something really to sort of hold on to. Yeah, it could be, could be, but it didn't didn't go in. I thought we'd done done great in that in that period there. Uh, you know that they're always going to come into the game, like they're top of the league and. Uh, strong side, you know they've got strong bench. They're able to make um, subs that are going to come on and impact it. And, and obviously we, uh, you know, we was we had a weakened sort of uh, well, uh, front line, if you like. You know, with with Chooks and Connor and Jade and all missing. You know, you turn to 17-year-old lad. Brilliant for him to you know come on and get a debut. But uh, you know, it shows sort of uh, the difference, I guess. Like, you know, when they're bringing like Humphreys on. We're bringing young young Carno on. Um, well, can you, did you have any sort of view on the penalty that Sean gave away? Was there any complaints there? No, no. I, I think it was a penalty, but I felt like we could have got the challenge in outside the box. Uh, if you're going to make a foul, or if you attempt to win the ball or make a foul, like you need to do it outside the box because once once they've got you inside, uh, obviously you're in trouble. So I thought there was an opportunity where we could have could have made a tackle before uh, the guy got into the penalty box. But I think once he was in there, it was probably probably a pen. I only saw the one on Ryan out of the very corner of my eye, so I don't know if you've had a better yeah, chance to look at it. Yeah, he pulls him back, pulls his shirt back, so Ryan gets the run on him from a corner, and uh, it's just a blatant, blatant pull of the, of the shirt back. So uh, we definitely should have had one there as well, but you know, didn't get it. Uh, we'll come on to the reasons why he was able to come on in a moment, but it is a great moment for Daniel Carney. I think a lot of Charlton fans have been very excited to see the amount of goals he scored for the, for the, youth, the youth team. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's done great in in youth team football. Obviously, that's youth team football, and this is uh, this is a whole different uh, level, isn't it? So, fantastic. I love love being able to give young lads uh, debuts, but um, yeah, obviously, you know, we, it's uh, part of the pitch there where we're obviously depleted. Mid missing Stockley, Washington, and an EK. Obviously, it's gonna gonna make life a little bit more difficult, isn't it? So we already know all about Stockley, but with, with Connor and, and EK both out this week, what can you tell us what's happened to them? They've both got uh, muscle injuries that, that they picked up in the um, Bolton game. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to have to obviously monitor them, assess them, but um, yeah, unavailable today and, and, and not sure yet, and you know how long that'll be. No, no, no sort of timeline on that at all. No. Okay. I mean, finally, I thought Elliot Lee obviously came on and scored the goal, and he's been a player who's been out the side recently, come back into it. What did you make of him today? I thought he was bright. I thought he scored a, scored a great goal, and uh, um, I thought the time was right to bring him bring him back into the team. Obviously, he uh, he came out, and at that stage, I thought it was the right thing just to freshen it up, but he's looked sharp in training, and uh, he come in and come in done, done well. Obviously, we, you know, we want him to pop up in them. Uh, those positions, and it's something that I've been saying to the midfielders that, that they need to start sort of uh, adding to the to the to the game. Can't just be for the strikers uh, to score the goals. So, so really pleased for him. Just one more, actually. I think um, obviously Akin was the man who was left out of the score today. It was that because of the five loanees thing. You you just had to pick one who had to miss out, and he was the one that you yeah, chose. Yeah, basically, obviously the 
people that are um, available to me, like it was six of them were, were low knees, so to want us to miss out. That's just the nature of it. Was that based on his performance recently, or was it just the, the squad selection that you wanted to go for? Well, no, obviously I made the call to, to, to make the change to the team, but then obviously when you're looking at the makeup of your bench as well, um, you've got uh, Lavelle and Pierce there in those positions, so it's just, it was sort of, once, once I realised that A Loney, you know, would have to miss out, it made, it made sense just because we had cover in those positions on the bench. Sorry to miss the beginning. Can I just say, Alex Gilby hitting the bar, was that a, a major turning point? Because I guess at 2 0, it's, uh, you know, you've got <laughs> half the job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if he scores that, um, 2 0 is obviously a better lead than 1, isn't it? So, would it give us a bit more of a cushion knowing that, that Wigan would come out and put it on us? And I think we, like, we should have had a penalty then in that, in that period as well. And Blake and Paul on, you know, on Innis. So, that, that, you know, that could, have, that could have made a difference. But. Uh, wasn't to be, you know. You have to, you have to seize those moments. Yeah, thank you, Johnny. luck on the results, two-two-one defeats this week. But in terms of the level of performance from your players, can't be that disappointed. Surely you played all right in both games. Yeah, the level of performance, especially today, I thought I thought was good uh, for long periods. But um, you know, this is we want we want wins, don't we? We want wins, and uh, to be in the game for that long and produce that. That amount of good football to lose to another set piece is obviously, for, for me, really disappointing. You started well. You caused Wigan a lot of problems in that first half. It was really end-to-end. What was it like the first half, taking it in from the sidelines in a game like that when it's so action-packed? Good. I thought it was a good game. It was good, certainly in that first half as well. Yeah. Like a really good, uh, it's good to watch. advert for the league. You know, they're a top side. They're probably going to get promoted. They're top of the league. and. We've come here and more, more than matched them, I think, uh, and, and bossed it for, for long periods as well, especially in that first half. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously that's that's a positive to take out of it. That we, I know that we can do that on any given day, that that, that we can match teams, but it's you, know, you have to finish the job as well, don't you? We haven't done that. And just finally, is there anything different you'll be doing now to what you have been doing to ensure you can turn these, you know, these good performances? Into wins are just hard just work. Hard work on the training pitch is what, what it comes down to, which we always do. Obviously, we have to address the the issues with the with the set plays and work on them and practice and practice and practice. But you know, you can do that. You can do that um, for as long as you want. But ultimately, you know, you have to you have to take responsibility on the pitch, and it has to be that your man isn't going to score uh, from those situations. We can, we can practice them as much as we want, but, you know, people have to take responsibility as well. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Pulls in momentarily, tries a difficult ball, finds Gilby, super work. Gilby turns inside. Can he finish? Yes, he can! Super goal from John. Just when you thought that ball from Lee was too complicated, too difficult, he picks out Alex Gilby. That's superb. Superbly well to hold his man off and drills it to the right-hand side. His right-hand side gives Wharton no chance at all. And Charlton surely now put the game to bed. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are well. Just before the break there, we heard from the Addicts manager, uh, Johnny Jackson, um, after his side uh, suffered a second defeat uh, in the North West uh, this week. I mean, you can hear his clear frustration, um, considering, you know, like I say, I feel, I feel like we were in the game, in both games really this week, not necessarily creating as much as we wanted to, but certainly keeping Bolton and Wigan to an extent at arm's length. And, and then we just fall asleep at a set piece and, and, and it's cost us, two points this this week and and uh you know if we'd held on we, we could have been looking at maybe one defeat in six or, or no defeats in six if we held on in both games it, it, would, it would have been a nice little bit of momentum but we've lost that now and obviously it, it does start to pose the question you know the, the, the conversation has been this week or certainly towards uh, the back end of this week about what's going to happen with Jacko's future now we're in a situation where you know his contract uh, gets reviewed at the end of each season based on what league position uh, we finish in, um, and and I'm fairly confident that if we finish 14th, that's probably not high enough. We don't know exactly what the league position is, but that's probably not high enough for it to be automatically uh, rolled over. Uh, although, of course, you know Thomas Sangard does does have his own discretion that he could make a decision before that if if he so pleases. And, and we've spoken about the points per game that that Johnny's had. I think before the weekend. Uh, you know, it was obviously slightly higher, but it's down. It's down to I think one point six six. I worked out now, which which would still give you seventy six points over a course of a season, which is still more than enough for the playoffs. Um, so what's going to happen next is is the question, and, and are we sort of stuck in a little bit of uncertainty once more? Now, this this point was raised on a BBC Radio London yesterday, and uh, former Charlton uh, midfielder and uh, absolute class at Paul Mortimer was on the show yesterday. He was asked for his opinion. Uh, on the situation, I thought it was really interesting, so I'm going to play it for you now. Well, at this moment in time, yeah, the, I mean, the last two defeats, Bolton and this one, tell you that yeah, it's about finishing as strongly as they can. It's difficult though for for Johnny Jackson because, from what you know, we were saying, and, and I was listening to the audio, his his contract is about performance related, as performance related aspect aspect to it. So, until he knows he's going to be there, yeah. there's, there's at least 14 players out of contract. Yeah, he can't do anything about preparing. And if 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 that's the case, we're going to have the situation that we had at the start of the season with Nigel Atkins, where all of the players came in half fit late which is why Charlton found themselves in this situation so what the chairman has to do is he has to make a decision quickly so that they can prepare properly because a lot of teams Brad will tell you the last month of the season is when they start to even before that they start to look at their targets and sometimes have them in place so you can't really do it in the summer you can't it's too late then Mm. you have to have it have it done early and if they don't they're going to be in the exact same position as I said with Nigel Atkins had which left them starting the season you know, behind the eight ball, which put them where they are now because yeah. Charlton should really have been in and around the playoffs. They really should have. Yeah, definitely. And it's not been a great season and they have to learn from those, let's say, mistakes and make sure that they don't make them, you know, at the end of this season. There we go. So that's what Mortz has to say 
about the future of Johnny Jackson and how that affects the future of us thinking about next season now soon. Now, Brownie, I believe, said similar on Charlton TV. I only saw a couple of tweets um, yesterday and, and perhaps Curbs as well. Now, when, when you're in this stage of the season, you need to be thinking about what's going to happen next year. Now, everyone always points back to the Halcyon days of that Chris Powell uh, preseason where we got everything done, which, which, which did, does feel like a bit of an outlier. It seems... It seems crazy that we were able to get almost everything done in the summer before pre-season. But it's certainly, I mean, it's something to try and push towards and get as much done, I guess, as possible before then, Sue. And, and part of that will be knowing what's going to happen with the manager. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be able to sort of sign players if if you're not 100% sure who the manager's going to be. Um, I think Jacko's done enough to deserve at least giving him a summer to build his own team. Um, we can. I don't think we can ever judge on a January transfer window because January windows are always madness, aren't they? So I don't think we can really judge on that. But he needs he needs a summer to get in, like you say, players that that they were will already be looking at um, in terms of what players are going to be released at the end of their contracts from other teams. Um, that they can start approaching. But again, as a player, you're not going to come to a club if you're not certain who who you're going to be playing for. So for someone that might be a, a sort of a fan of wanting to play for someone like Johnny, if if that's not um, like clear in that he's going to be the manager come sort of August, July, August, then you're not going to sign. You're going to go... F- go somewhere that that there's a bit more knowledge about what the future looks like and who you're going to be playing for. So, yeah, I think th- th- this needs to be cleared up as soon as possible really, in terms of Jacko's future um, because for, not only for him but for the players as well and, and who he wants to kind of keep on and who he might be wanting to release out of our scene. We, I, I think we've got, is it like 15 players out of contract at the end of the season? Mm. Um, he's He would already have in his mind who he would want to keep out of those, but of course he can't start to do anything with those because he doesn't know his own situation. Yeah, and, and it makes it tough. I mean, a lot of people will say, Nathan, that Johnny Jackson knew what terms he was signing on to. Um, you know, he knew he would find himself in this situation and he obviously backs himself to to do enough in order to, to earn that automatic extension or at least convince Thomas Sangard that he gets that extension. But I guess the other side of that is, well, I can't imagine Johnny Jackson went into the situation asking for, for this to be... I mean, obviously, we're not party to the contract negotiations, but I can't imagine he went in and asked, can I have a deal where I'm not certain if I'm still going to be here next season or whatever? I imagine it would get to a stage where you have to sign the the deal that's available to you. And he wanted this job badly, as we all know. And we, a lot, the majority of Charlton fans wanted him to get it. Yeah, of course. And I think, like you say, I don't think he, he obviously signed it with knowing what was, you know, what the terms were. But at the same time, I think if there wasn't any sort of hope that was going to happen, I don't think we would have got the players that we did in January, you know, with Chucks and, you know, with Scott Fraser. So I just think it's it makes sense for have to have that stability because if we think back to when Pauli done it, um, what did he bring in? 18 players, the majority of which before pre-season started. That didn't happen from 
May the 5th or whenever until June. That's planning in advance, speaking to players that are out of contract that you know are out of contract. So if we look at our sort of way, if we know someone's out of contract here, you'll have other clubs that be going to them going, oh, well, you know, would you want to join here? But we can't really do that at the moment because, well, we could. We go, oh, do you want to, you know, do you want to come here and join Charlton and see this is our project X, Y, Z? And they go, yeah, sure. So who's the manager? And we go, well, I'm supposed to be, but I'm not sure yet. It's not going to work. Um, so I think just to, to tie it down and just so we know if it is, if Thomas comes out and says, yeah, you know, yeah, you're definitely here, you know, for the pre-season, then at least that's a start. Um, but I think obviously that was what Maltz was saying is it's so true because everywhere they will have a plethora of jobs of all the listeners and stuff, and you're only as good as the tools that you're given, right? So if you if you're going to be a brilliant bricklayer or whatever, and you've got a rubbish trowel or whatever, then you're not going to do a good job. So I think you're only as good. That's a really rubbish analogy, I know, but do you know what I'm saying? You what's the is it in the or woman, you know? So. I don't know, I, I do agree, but I just think, how can we go out and try and get people to join and be mm. part of the journey next season if they don't even know who the manager's going to be? Yeah, it's, it's such a shame. Your your uh, connection just cut out there just as you said something and then came back and said, or woman. So I'm, I'm really curious as to which job you decided should be men and then remembered that women could do it as well. But maybe I'll Brick ask you off Bricklayers, there we go. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So, uh, so, I mean, what do you make of the fact, Sue, that we're hearing now a few, uh, you know, former Charlton legends who've been in and around the game for a long time, Brownie Curbs, more speaking out, you know, obviously obviously with the, the, the best intentions of the club at heart, it, it's always interesting to hear someone who's been in the game longer than any of us could have dreamed to uh, to come out and say something like that. Yeah, I mean, for Jacko, it must be, it must be nice for him to hear, like, legends, effectively, Charlton legends backing him and want saying sort of coming out and saying actually this is the guy for the job you just need to support him in what he's trying to achieve um and give him the tools the better trowel as Nathan said um you yeah you need to um put in like what what you want to get out you know you're not going to get good results if you're not providing that level of stability and giving the manager Right, this is this is the aim. Right, we're going to keep you in. These are the players. Tell us who you're after. Tell us what you want to happen, and we'll support it. Um, and yeah, Maltz, Brownie, Kerbs, Scotty, they're all they're all good like football brains. They know what they're talking about. If I'm sure, well, especially someone like Brownie wouldn't mince his words if he didn't think that Jacko was right for the job. So I think when people like that are coming out and saying it, you need to listen. You need to listen and take it on board and do something about it. Lovely stuff. Well, yeah, it does uh, you know Thomas Sangard has got that within his gift. He, he can listen to these these sort of people and. Um, yeah, it'd be an interesting few weeks, I imagine. He he obviously has to make a decision, but let, let's hope that you know that these uh, the, these these people in and around the club uh, will, will help him, and, and he takes their what, what they have to say into in, into account. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets and emails that have come into the to the show. Um, the, the first one is sort of relating to that to that what was what was being said. 
Um, uh, Daniel says, uh, watching from afar this season has been disappointing overall. I'd love JJ to have the opportunity to have a crack next season. Uh, it says he's going to be back for the Jules and Burton game. Well, good to see, it'll be good to see you, Dan. Um, so Simon says, this week, uh, R.E. Jacko's contract is concerning. Uh, he's done more than enough to earn a proper contract and should be given time to build a squad. Strange that players are being offered long-term deals that Chucks and Fraser... Uh, but not the manager. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we are signing up players for, for longer terms than we are the manager at the moment. Right, uh, so Darcy says, um, I refer you to what Steve Brown said on Charlton TV. Uh, this season is done. The next one starts. Now, Adkins was a disaster for us. The, the Thomas Sangard uh, five-year plan has us somewhere in League Two at this rate. Have lessons uh, been learned? Blow the league out of the water. It was more like a fart in a bath. Uh, ben, on yesterday's game, says, disappointing to lose another game. I don't think we should have lost. Uh, I don't have words to describe how bad the defending was though for the penalty to concede from a set piece again is really poor I thought we were okay we just had nothing going forward understandably improvement uh, is needed and Mitch says this season is just a footy metaphor for my monthly wages not as good as I wanted uh, more disappointing than I hoped and gradually fading uh, into memory that's from Mitch cheers Mitch right well let's uh, get some more fans views as well after yesterday's game Uh, well we all trudged back to Wigan train station and I um I was booked on quite a late train, so I thought, well, no, no, I was thought I'm going to be struggling to find Charlton fans here to do fans bar after the game. But after, so after finishing my work at the stadium and, and strolling back up to the uh, the station, I was shocked to see that pretty much every Charlton fan who travelled by train was still there because I mean, we had a nightmare going up on the trains. There was about an hour or so delay at Crewe. Uh, and then on the way back, the trains were delayed by more than an hour. So there was plenty of Charlton fans to speak to. I asked a couple for their views on uh, the situation surrounding Johnny Jackson's future and, of course, yesterday's performance up at Wigan. Oh, we were good for the first half hour. Penalty, dodgy. Should have given the first one, didn't give it. Cost with a second one, but... Didn't do anything after the first half hour. I mean, you look at the performances of the squad, in all honesty, two people stood out for me, but they've stood out all season. Dobson, Claire, only people really any credit out of today's performance. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're missing the likes of an EK Washington up front in that show today. Yeah, I mean, we had no runner in behind. We tried to play long ball, and we had no runner in behind him, so the two boys up front were very isolated. I mean, and what people want us to do is nothing, it's hard. So, you know, you got you got to dust yourself down, go again next week, but. Season's virtually done, isn't it? Let's be honest. You know, we got to get next one. Uh, yeah, it was all right. Could have done better. The penalty shouldn't have been given a penalty, but, yeah, shouldn't have been given a penalty. But the end half, the end 25th minute, nah, bad. Yeah. Could have done better. Innis was all right, but, yeah, the penalty should have been a penalty. Uh, it's disappointing, to be fair. I know, obviously... The, the thing is, I don't know why we can't be like, told the truth. Jackson come out the other day said there's no injuries. And then today we turn up, we've got no Washington, no, uh, no Washington, no, no Anike. Fraser's obviously not about either. So just be honest with the fans, to be honest. I, it's disappointing at the moment. And the, the performance itself, it was quite a tight game, but set pieces costing us again. Yeah, performance itself, I didn't think it was too bad. Um, obviously having Innes in the back three, in the air, we don't lose a lot. But I thought it was a soft penalty from where I was looking. Obviously some people are saying it was a pen. I feel like the ref gave it because he didn't give the other one, which I think was a nailed on pen. Um, but apart from that, I thought like, the boys played all right. Played well, to be fair, but it's just we're crossing balls in, but no one's in the box. Very frustrating. Hopefully, we shouldn't be going to relegation, but we're not 
we're not going to go to um, playoffs, but just stay in the middle and then roll on next season. Jamaica, what Jack had to say yesterday about, you know, obviously with his future still up in the air, it makes it a bit uncertain for planning for next year. What do you think about that? I think you got to be honest. I think, to be fair to him, when, we, when he first took over, we were four points from safety. I said he's brought us, he's brought us more secure. We're safe now, in my opinion. But uh, you can't let a man go after being put in a position that he was, say, November time. He's got to be given a full season. And then people have to judge him after that. Simple as that. Uh, might as well give him a little go and see what we can do. And yeah, hopefully we can change how we play. Yeah, I've, yeah. as to whether he keeps the job or not, obviously that's down to Sangard. But obviously the season has complete. It's gone. Um, it's now down to the players, to be fair, to show Jackson whether they actually want to be here this year, uh, next season or not. Um, they don't... As far as I'm aware, as far as I'm concerned, if they don't turn up, there's the door. Um, and we just rebuild in the summer. Thanks very much to uh, all the chaps who uh, came and had a quick chat with me after the game. It was, uh, yeah, it was a frustrating day, but the most Charlton fans seemed to be in good spirits. There was a, the train delays on the way back. Just kept going on and on. There was an issue where basically we all got on one at Wigan then decided to get get off at Warrington because there was a faster train coming through and then it, was, it all kicked off. That delayed all the trains even further. It was a bit of a nightmare, really, but eventually we got home and uh, the play, the players were on the trains as well and uh, I, I don't know, they, they seemed to be uh having a couple of photos and stuff so it wasn't it wasn't wasn't the worst day ever but it was a bit of a frustrating one let's have a look at some of the emails that, that came in yesterday uh, as well murray said hi uh, chaps and chapesses i'm not convinced that the squad that's been assembled is anywhere near good enough on paper it looks more talented than either of the successful promotion sides of chris powell or alan kerbishley but our current squad lacks the mental toughness or willingness to take personal or collective responsibility for performances hence the number of poor goals we are currently conceding and our inability to capitalize on chances uh, when we are in the lead half of the regular starting lineup of powers 11 12 promotion side had been team captains at their previous clubs apart from jason pierce there's no real leaders in our current squad this season is now a mid-table write-off uh, so we need to be planning for a promotion push in 22 23 we need to look at the teams that are going up from league one this season and figure out what they did that that was successful uh, and we weren't it's imperative that sangard sorts out johnny jackson's contract giving him the new deal and proper input to player recruitment the players that jackson uh, wants to keep uh, but who are on the list of their contracts need to be signed up on new deals asap the recruitment strategy for new players needs to be clear and well planned and it needs to start now otherwise the club might start to drift again and we will look rudderless i mean that's a really good point nathan that, that muzz has made there like recruitment it, it can't just be throw all your money at everyone because that's what Ipswich tried this season and it didn't work now obviously Wigan were accused of being in a similar boat in terms of just going up and, and hoovering up all the talent them and Ipswich was the joke wasn't it at the start of the summer but obviously they, they, they've they you've got to get the balance right of, of not not disrupting things too much as well and building a squad that will work and not just picking bits and pieces from from other teams like Ipswich seem to yeah, I think you've got two different sets. If we compare Ipswich and say compare Wigan, you've got two ways of doing things. You can either go the backwards way, where you buy all the players, all the good players, and then you try reverse engineer it and try and find a system to suit those players, which obviously hasn't worked. Or you can do what Wigan did, or we go back to Paolo. You go right. This is what I want to play. This is how I'm going to set up, and this is the players that we're going to buy to play in a setup, which I think we did to an extent do at the beginning of the season with Nigel Adkins. But we know that Nigel Atkins didn't come in with the with the plan to play with three centre halves and maybe with an overlapping centre half in, in, in Sean Clare. But so he's our squad is predominantly 
built and they've got quite a few wingers. Charlie Kirk's not here anymore, so we had good wingers here. But we're not going to play wings with Jacko. So Jacko at the moment we've got a, a squad that's suited to play one way, albeit we didn't play that well playing that system. Um, and now he's trying to, to put square pegs in round holes to get through the season. But what he'll have is I go, right, this is what I want to play like. And in the summer, if he gets given the opportunity, he'll go out and get those players. Um, so yeah, throwing money at it doesn't work um, unless you have a plan in mind of how you're going to plan. Then you try and buy all the players. But you know, spending money isn't you know all, all always going to guarantee success. Look at Derby. Derby decimated. Look how they're doing. I know they lost yesterday, but it doesn't. It's not all about money. It's about hunger and desire and everyone knowing their roles. Just like we did when we went up with Boya. We played that diamond and we had the players that suited that diamond, which is why we went up. Mm, lovely stuff right Steve says no surprises to see us lose at Wigan with big players missing we are never going to dominate and this season is now a holding pattern uh, reality must be dawning on Thomas getting out of league one is tricky uh, we need sustained a major investment over several years we need to sign several top pros on decent contracts a spine of six or seven players uh, by August to have a realistic chance uh, next season this has to be a priority keep the faith great show by the way that's from Steve cheers Steve thanks a lot for your email McSquared says let's face it uh, with neither Stockley or Nike leading the line and our leaky defence any more wins are likely to be very few and far between if nothing changes even if Washington is fit enough to play he needs an experienced strike part uh, partner neither Burso or Carnu fit the bill in that department the only real positive against Wigan was Lee finally getting on the score sheet Wigan might uh, not have been in great form of late but with so many of our key players missing uh, we were lambs to the slaughter and the result was pretty uh, much inevitable uh, we should be grateful we weren't playing one of the form sides or the defeat may well have been far heavier fortunately we aren't in any danger of being relegated anymore uh, so mid-table obscurity is here to stay for the remainder of the season it's now time for Thomas and JJ to concentrate on clearing out the deadwood and start preparing for next season if it we should be giving the likes of Lavelle Fraser and Castillo uh, as much game time as possible it wouldn't hurt to make uh, more use of Niall John as well while he's at the club there's no point in starting anyone who's likely to be offloaded in the summer whether JJ is still there uh, after the summer remains to be seen of course that's all in the hands of Thomas that's from McSquared thanks McThomas uh, Carl says stick or twist <clears throat> on the back of a great week uh, and nine from nine we follow that with two poor performances it's clear that Jacko has uh, the clear favoured formation but he's putting too many square pegs in round holes to be playing five at the back and only one of those players in their natural position doesn't feel right to me my view is that whilst he continues to do that he's giving players excuses for all of their screw-ups and now we know uh, we're seeing a hell of a lot of them uh, we can all see the anger and disappointment uh, towards this squad on social media but I do, leave, I do believe that Jacko has some level of flack he needs to take. This week, uh, Rich had an interview with Jacko about next year, and I was wondering what your views are, were, and more so uh, whether his blind faith in the 5 3 2 could cost him uh, that role. I mean, I, I've spoken on the show recently about, you know, because we do ask Jacko about, uh, about formations and, and whether he, he wishes to switch it. And he says he's working towards like an idea in his mind of, of you know, and, and, and he said a lot of the big teams don't necessarily change formation Sue. so if he's got something he wants to work towards in his mind I mean do we want to rip that up and start again after a few weeks or, or does he need to see that well we've lost a couple of games again it's not working at the moment which, which way does he want to play that yeah I think that one's a difficult one and I think even um I think it was at the last home game obviously things weren't working and and he's he did change formation I think he's got the ability to do that and I think again, it comes down to consistency of starting lineups that of players that understand their roles, um, 
and and sort of getting used to that way of playing um we know it 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 can work because we've seen the results from it but i think yeah obviously managers need to be flexible in in sort of tactically in in terms of planning for games and i think if you get too embedded in a set way of playing teams will work you out pretty quickly and you you show you don't show that you could be flexible in your decision making um that's not a criticism of jacko he's he's got to be strong in his his sort of his decisions but again we've seen that he can change his mind during a game and change things up to make a more positive performance mm. now as you as you've already said the last two games although we've lost we've played that formation and we've actually put in an all right performance that would have warranted a point um it's just again those the conceding of the the silly goals that's more of the issue rather than the formation mm. Well, we will see as time goes on. Right, Rez says that uh, the response from Twitter says it all searching for updates on CFC. I get no results for CFC. Uh, and the comment that it might be that Twitter is protecting you from potentially sensitive content. Uh, Twitter knows what it's like to be a Charlton fan. Be, uh, be just my luck that the only positive result I'll get next week uh, from next week's game is from my PSA test. Well, hopefully that won't be the case, Reg. But yeah, uh, it's not. it's not been ideal recently. Right, Tom says, I never know... Uh, known fans like it continually at each other over a difference of opinions and moaning Jacko needs support big job uh, and this is his first job but it's not easy curbs in as director of football uh, to help 3-5-2 don't work in league one it's pretty much grind out a result and win like on a Sunday morning 4-4-2 play the players in their right positions Leko or Leko and DJ are not good enough wingers poor Mason was thrown in at a deep end yesterday and as for Carney who should never have been anywhere near the squad I feel that was for pleasing the fans they're young and they need more experience. We need players who play for the shirt and not for a weekly wage. Drop all loan players now until the end of the season. Play the players that are contracted uh, and under 23s that we're looking to progress. Season is over, so start planning for next year. Sadly, we have to face the reality. We're now a mid-table League One side. As I said to my kids, we don't support Charlton for glory and trophies. We support them because that's who we are. Our family history is Charlton. It's our local side. Uh, we win or lose, uh, we will be there next week. That's from Cabby. Cheers for that, Tom. That's a, that's a good email. And then finally, Robert says, Hi, guys. A disappointing result, especially after going 1-0 up. Always going to be tough without any real attacking options from the bench to change it around. A week is a long time in football, going from three weeks in a row to back-to-back defeats. Got five very tough matches coming up and Jacko needs to go back to basics to try and keep a clean sheet and build on uh, from that. Cannot afford to keep giving away silly goals though uh, to opponents and expecting a result. Huge summer ahead as the squad is missing so much quality leadership and desire compared to the promotion winning team under Boya. We're never going to sign 20 players in the summer so we need to identify who we are keeping and sign them up quickly so we can start signing players uh, when the window open. Keep up the good work. That's from Robert. Cheers Robert. Some good points in there as well. Right we've come to the end uh, of this week's Charlton Live. Thanks very much everyone who um sent in their messages early as, as i did ask this week i'm going um going out it's my parents 60th birthday so both have very uh close birthdays this week so we're going out uh, for dinner uh, at the ivy as well so if anyone wants to send me any money to pay for that feel free to to do so so uh, thanks to those i spoke to uh, at the station as well yesterday thank you uh, to sue and nafe for getting out your pits uh, for the outrageous time of midday on a sunday thanks louis cheers both <laughs> <laughs> 
I've been, up to, yeah. I've been up early anyway, so I've been all right. Knife, yeah. can you give me a sue again, please? Sue! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Lovely stuff. I'm Louis Mendez. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Charles and Charles and <laughs>